0: All right, <laughs> all right. Welcome to Crawley and Draga, the center of attention sessions.
1: Yes. Um, yeah. And yeah. fortnightly, we fight over uh, who can who can uh, what speak the most and grab the most attention out of this.
0: Pretty discussion. much. Yeah. Although I think I already win because I, as I just told you, I just hit my head, and clearly I'll do anything for attention. And mm-hmm.
1: uh, hold on, I, I, hold on. Oh.
0: Should I take
1: Should I take my shirt off or no? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm not going that far, <laughs> but I pulled out the dog. There you go. I've got the dog. He's in here. Not it's wearing amazing. any pants. How about that? <laughs> the dog is not wearing any pants.
1: <laughs> there we go.
0: How are things in Canada? How things are, are things, things
1: are good. It's it's we're getting the taste of spring. You know, we had a bit of no. a snow dump uh, maybe yeah. a week ago, but but it's been. That. It's been above freezing. It's been um, sunny. Did you say
0: it's been above freezing? It's been yes. above freezing.
1: It's been above I freezing all around. It's been a balmy uh, four or five <laughs> degrees almost every day. But more than that, <laughs> the sun is out. So, you know, make the difference. Yeah, like I'm. We we uh, do you have daylight savings hours?
0: Yeah, we do. We do. Okay, so- we finish up. We end daylight savings next month. First weekend in April, we finish daylight savings.
1: Okay. So ours is about to change. Like it might even be changing this weekend. I don't really know. It's about to change soon, yeah. but, but you know, the sun is rising. So like I go to work and the sun is rising. I come home mm. the sun is still up. Mm. It's, it's turning the corner for us up here it's in uh, nice. Canada.
0: It's nice. <laughs> yeah. Up here in Canada. Yeah. Well down here in Australia, we have, we have very pressing issues. Uh, we have no toilet paper. So if you've got any spare toilet paper, please push it through the phone yeah have you have you seen in the media have you got a run on a run on toilet paper as well
1: (laughs) no i mean i so i imagine it's because of the the people stressing out about about coronavirus coronavirus, yeah yeah so i mean like in the area that i live i just got an update from my school from my school board there are two confirmed cases out of right yeah i don't know a million people uh and that's just in our just in our region and then like in toronto and everything so um, mm. I, I we're hoping that we're hoping that that yeah. just stays over on your side of the world.
0: <laughs> we're hoping the hysteria has finished now. Mm. Um, we hope, we hope, but apparently I've not been to the supermarket market because I already have toilet paper. Um, and um, but apparently the shelves are bare. No matter where you go, the shelves are bare. People stop stop piling. Um, I think there was an article doing the rounds. I don't know if it was an Australian article doing the rounds on the internet. Around what you should have in case you need to go into quarantine. Mm -hmm. And so everyone went, Oh my god.
1: (laughs) Well, so the supermarkets here have been putting pasta on sale because they they know that people are freaking out. And so they put all the canned goods and all the pasta on sale. And um I saw on Instagram my cousin my cousin posted that in Walmart the the shelves were bare and they're saying, Oh, it started. But
0: Uh, I know. I know. Yeah, I mean, part,
1: I was, I
0: was part of me to a worries, colleague. but no, you know. What worries me more is I do have a friend in the States who is in quarantine at the moment, and his family has, the whole family's been quarantined. Um, and he's unwell, but none of the others in the family are, but they've all been quarantined. And they've got no means then of going out and going, to get supplies, I guess, you know, online shopping and all of that. I don't know if in his region, whether that's a drama or not. Um, but that does worry me people who are unwell and need supplies and they're not easily available. You know, if someone's offering yeah. support and help,
1: Let's be um, honest. and they can't really Toilet- get things you need. Toilet paper is something that I enjoy using, but if you're yeah. at home, it's not the end of the world if you run out. I mean, there are, I mean, as long as you have access to soap and water and other things, am I right? Like, you know, I don't want to get too graphic here, but it's not the end of the world.
0: (laughs) There are worse things. Exactly. This is true. This is true. So, um, so speaking of coronavirus, I did a, a little bit of a live stream this week talking about specifically to people in private practice doing face to face work about, um, what they could be thinking about now in terms of, uh, I think at government level, there is some conversation around getting small businesses ready for if there is a community-wide work from home mm-hmm. recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I talked, there were a few questions going around the internet uh, in, in you know, closed forums within the mental health profession, around what should we do? What should we think about? So I did a live stream talking about that, and talk, encouraging business owners to check their insurances. Um, you know, obviously for loss of income and um, coverage of expenses and things like that. I don't know what you... We've talked before about insurance. When we are talking about bushfires, we've talked about insurance. Um, so, anyone anyway, we think we work for insurance agencies. We do not. Um, and I think um, conversations now are wise to be having with clients around what's possible if everyone is, is needing to work from home. And that's, for us that do face-to-face work that can translate to an online forum, it's a possible transition. Um, I'm interested in other businesses where that online, translating their work into an online forum isn't so simple. So I think mm-hmm. about physical, physical service providers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing the work that you guys do could be done remotely.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have clients that we 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 have long long term clients that we've never done anything other than what we're doing right now. Yeah, 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 uh, right. And uh, we have workers who work all over the world as well on our team. So, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, if you need to take a photo, it helps if you're there. If you need to capture some video, it helps if you're there. If you need to run a live event, it helps if you're there. (laughs) But aside Mm -hmm. from those things, most things can be done. Um, And I do know, I do know specifically. Uh, now, yeah, I'm not sure whether your college will allow for this but or or your your board of practitioners or whatever you call it there but mm-hmm. I do know that specifically for people who who help people with counseling or or other kind of means that there are secure online there are, yeah. programs yeah. or platforms that you can buy into relatively cost effectively that yeah. allow you to to have remote yeah.
0: So rule of thumb, you know, looking at security of online platforms, if you're paying for it, it's probably secure. I know that the, the paid version of Zoom is HIPAA compliant um, and there are a few other platforms that are paid. If you're looking at free Skype, it's not going to be secure enough. Well, but um, I mean, even,
1: yeah, I mean, you, even there are um, subscription-based um, practice, like operation software that allows you to have, oh, yeah. and collect money that's and right. do everything, but it a also has things. video chatting. And yeah. I was looking into it for a friend and it didn't seem, um, it, it didn't seem uh, unrealistically like even uh, for someone, a single practitioner who's right. only doing, you know, 20 hours a week or 10 hours a week, it still seemed affordable to me. So yeah, I'm sure that there yeah. are means that can help overcome There it.
0: are. Yeah, there are. And we, our government, um, I don't know about the Canadian healthcare system, I don't know anything about the Canadian healthcare system, but in Australia, we have a lot of um, government support. So our Medicare system has been around since the 70s, I'm gonna say 1976, someone will correct me if I got that wrong, Um, and it co-funds, the idea is that it co-funds from government budgets, co-funds the cost of healthcare. Um, and as uh, mental health professionals, certain mental health professionals are eligible for some of that co funding, for some of that rebates, government mm-hmm. rebates on the cost of mental health care. And that's been around for mm, 2006, 2007, I think, is when that came in. And they've recently, within the last couple of years, added telehealth for people in rural and remote areas. So just this online Zoom kind of stuff. For people in remote areas where access to mental health care is difficult to find, um, there's talk that if there is a community-wide work-from-home um, recommendation, there will be some possible um, extension of those telehealth rebates to anybody, so that mental health care can be provided to clients no matter where they or the clinician is. But these are all ideas that haven't been fleshed out yet. I think for me, that the the thing that I in the conversation I had, I say conversation, it was one way, it was a live stream, but in my head it's a conversation. Um, one of the recommendations I had was for all businesses really to be exploring what elements of their service can be provided online and I don't think that's a harmful thing. I think that's a great, it's a great opportunity. So coronavirus, if it does you know, anything positive in terms of business because it's going to have potentially have economic, obviously economic impacts on, on businesses, um, but the positive to come from that is it's giving us the opportunity now to start thinking about, well, what elements of my business can I be more flexible with and can I already start to offer that as a service to my clients so that it's not something new that I'm having to suddenly scrabble together just because of.
1: Yeah. And it's, fu- it's funny with business owners, you know, when you are shocked, you know, when, when, when the environment changes or something happens out of your control yep often we become very reactive and we do what we have to do. And then if it Mm. kind of, we kind of dodge a bullet, we kind of go back to the way things were rather than use the opportunity. You know, I can, I can recall, um, gosh, many years ago now, maybe six years ago, five years ago. Mm. uh, I had a long time previously, I had entered into an agreement with another company and like a supplier agreement with a company. And part of that agreement had a non-compete clause and Now, I had done a very good job of negotiating what would include in the non-compete and what wouldn't. And so I was very clear that that the type of services we were offering wouldn't. And so we started working with this other company for like years, like three or four years. And then this person, this company that we had an agreement with found out that we were working with them and they freaked out. They, they went bananas yeah. over it. Yeah, and yeah, I, said, yeah. I said, go back and look at the original agreement. We excluded these services for this very reason and they wrote me this nasty terrible letter about the spirit of the agreement Mm. and all of this stuff and so i i'm 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 a worrier i get anxiety i tend to um if something's small i will i will think so far ahead that i will literally turn it into a really big deal Mm. so over the course of the weekend as as i'm waiting to figure out how to respond to this um i'm thinking gosh we're gonna get sued okay, if we're going to get sued, what's it going to cost us? How would this hurt revenue? What kind of distraction is this? And I started just like playing it all out in my head about how terrible this was going to be. And then I got to the point where was like, how do I limit exposure? How do I reduce yeah. my, my overhead? Okay. I have a big team. Who do I have to let go on my team? If I'm going to stay going, how do I let go? And then I, I was working with a business coach at the time, luckily, who used to be a lawyer. And I called him up on a Sunday and I said, I'm freaking out about this thing. And he looked at it and he said, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. Here, let me draft a response for you, Mark. And let me draft a really good response. So he drafted this really tight response. I sent it off the next day and I never heard anything again. It's been like five or six years. Yeah. But after that, I went, okay. I've been, I, I waited like a week. And then yeah. I really, when I was panicking, I had a list of people that I didn't think I really needed in the company. Mm. And then I went, but now that I'm not panicking, I can't shake the fact that, I don't really need them. I don't think I really need them. And yeah. and while that stressor was happening on the business, I went into yeah. like, what are we going to do mode, and yeah. that made me really think creatively and it made me yeah. really focus. And so I didn't let that opportunity go. I really looked at my business after that, and within within mm-hmm. a few weeks, I had I had put some of those pieces in place anyway. Yeah, because yeah. it just made a tighter company. And this is the opportunity that you know anyone who's um, who's being forced, should this happen, into this. You have to reevaluate how you will do your practice, how you will provide your services, what will you do, how will you communicate, and this is something that's outside of your control, mm-hmm. but don't pass up the opportunity to make yourself more competitive, uh, better mm-hmm. service for clients, tighter, more profitable, whatever it might be.
0: All of that, exactly right. I think you know, it gives you opportunity to look at, I mean, I talked about very practical, simple things like checking your insurances, getting clients to check their own, private health insurances, you know, make sure everything's set up well now. Um, But I remember being in a similar situation to you for a very different reason. I had a very large contract, well, still have a very large service delivery contract. And that contract, you know, has been in, has had different faces across the course of its life because it has been multiple iterations of this service delivery contract. And in its early days, the way it was structured It was really stressful for me as a business owner to deliver on that contract. Um, And when it was coming up for renewal, I was in that position of saying, well, do I actually need this? Do I want this? And if it stays in its current guise, I think I had reached a point where I thought I don't even know if I want to pursue this any further if it's going to continue in its current guise. Thankfully, they had put some very smart thought into it and had changed it in a way that made it much more livable and workable. But while I was in that headspace, and it was similar to your experience, you know, that intensely stressful, if I remove this massive revenue stream from my business, what is left? Mm. What does it look like? And it did a similar thing. It, it, It helped me to confront inefficiencies in terms of costs and overheads. But it also had... Um, the added bonus of um, encouraging me to look at additional revenue streams that I wasn't really pursuing. And um, so we pursued those anyway, even though we we decided to continue on with the contract, um, pursued those additional revenue streams anyway. And that's been a a massive benefit to the business generally, but my stress levels as well. Um, Never having all your eggs in one basket is always good advice, I think, for business. So you're right. You know, people should be looking at these things. They should be looking at the things that they, they don't need the things that they do need and, and, you know, address, start addressing those things. Now don't wait for a
1: crisis. Something that I've learned um, probably too recently, but should have learned a long time ago Mm. is um, I think a a lot of people, especially practitioners, but a lot of people running smaller businesses Mm. never grow at all because they're, they're mm-hmm. really so busy caught up in um, being caught up in providing the service or being the craftsman or being the specialist or whatever it is, but they're not really yeah. people, and so they're not gonna grow because they're not the type of people to grow a business. But yeah. the second group, which is where I fell into, and I think the majority of us actually do fall into, are people who grow inc- incrementally, people who grow organically. And so even if we're yeah. marketing and advertising, and even if we're trying things, it still is an incremental growth because it's, let's try this and let's try this and let's try that and mm. let's do this. And, and you will ladder up and you will grow a business. And I grew a multimillion dollar business by laddering up. But mm. when you sit down then and go, how do I create something? Like, like if I want to go from, um, whatever, if you want to go from a million dollars to $2 million, you do that through mm. incremental growth. If you yep. want to go from a million dollars to $50 million, you can't, you can't do that. Like, it's just not even the same company. It's not the same thinking, mm, it's not the same nah. people. The processes. Nothing about it is the same. It forces you to think oh, what does that even mm. look like over there? I don't know yeah. how to get there, but what does it even look like? And that's yep. the thing that this issue could form or me almost getting sued formed or you yep. the contract. So now what I try to do proactively rather than wait a few years to have these things slap you or, or even you know wait a year to set you know, your yearly goals for what's gonna, that's all incremental thinking. And so yeah. even when it comes to hiring staff, when it comes to picking the right staff, when it comes to our processes, I'm like, yeah. I've become addicted to just, just trying to figure out how to get from where we are to, to yeah. something much scarier and bigger way too fast so that yeah. way you can't do it through natural means. Like it just forces, like the challenge becomes so big that you have to think yep. outside the box to see if it's even possible. That's the new yep. thing I'm obsessed with.
0: That's the thing. That's the Richard Branson philosophy of say yes and work out the details later. And it also underpins your philosophy. Um, and I know that when we first took on this contract, it was something we attended ten- for it. You know, I had to construct a tender, which I'd never done before. Um, and And it was a massive, Undertaking and the the tender that we submitted was triple what we triple the dollars uh, and probably double the geographical location that we eventually won. So we got I don't know we got something like oh maybe half the geographical location but only a third of the dollars. So it was so then we had to it's like damn it we've won this thing now we've got to make it work for the money that they're giving us. Um, but it doubled my business overnight. Like it doubled the physical size of my business overnight and probably more than doubled actually. And um, that was a deep learning curve. Someone had once said to me, be careful you don't get too big too quickly. And I went, ah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, be careful you don't get too big too quickly. Or if you're going to take a giant leap like that, get some support. I mean, at that at that time I had no business coaching no support whatsoever um, other than luckily i had a very good and still have a very good accountant who's also you know knows all of these things mm. uh, he's a you know business advisor and business broker and all of those sort of things so he's a good person to have on my team but um oh you're right there miles miles is coughing i was talking to um evan the other day and he thought that miles was called mark and i said no no um, so yeah, businesses do have the opportunity to grow through adversity and to, I think any opportunity to look at your, your systems and your processes, as boring as that sounds, having a really hard look at the things that are working and not working and making some, some necessary changes is really valuable, really important. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah. So how do you do that today then? I mean, I know that you, um, you obviously moved, back to australia that you've that you've there's been some changes <laughs> in your business how do you implement this so it's not yeah i'm, laugh, I'm laughing
0: i'm laughing because the, the australians will giggle because i um was in hobart in tasmania which is an island which is also part of australia um
1: is tasmania technically Tasman- part of australia
0: yeah it's a okay. state of australia like hawaii is a state of. Ah, America, perfect and yeah, do australians yeah. consider
1: tasmania part of australia or only or only yeah. tasmanians do
0: no, no, no. Australians consider it as part of Australia, okay. but Tasmanians will refer to the rest of Australia, of Australia as the mainland. Yes. Um, and it's, every now and then I will say to people, it's a really big place. Where are you actually going? <laughs> no say, I'm going to the mainland. Like really right. where, whereabouts? Cause that's a lot of country. Um, so yes, I've moved to Melbourne, relocated the family.
1: Um, you moved from Australia to Australia. Excellent.
0: That's right. Yes. I've moved from Australia to Australia. Um, and, um, you know, looking, looking at what and sold one of my businesses um, as well. I don't know if we've talked about that. Um, so, you know, split my practice into two separate entities and sold one of them, the oldest one. Um, and, you know, have made some really important strategic decisions that obviously impact my family. My husband's still flying in, flying out from Tasmania. Um, And for me, it's an opportunity to look at opportunity. So um, living in a smaller community where I had geographically done pretty much all I could, all all I felt I could achieve geographically in Tasmania, I was happy with the achievements I'd made there and very grateful for the community supporting, you know, my businesses down there. Um, But in terms of the next stages of my growth as a business coach, I needed to be amongst larger businesses so um, and more of them, more variety. So, you know, this morning I had a text message from a friend whose husband um, has business interests in the US and has developed a mental, mental wellbeing app, um, wants to involve me in that in some way. Those conversations pop up now that I'm physically here. So strategically, you know, thinking about how I do things differently. Right down to the apartment we chose. I chose this apartment because of the meeting rooms on site and they're beautiful meeting rooms. I'm running a workshop, a two-day workshop from one of the meeting rooms here at the end of this month. Um, And um, also looking at, you know, I I met yesterday with the videographer. Um, I had looked in Tassie and had really struggled to find anyone who looked like they fit the bill for where I wanted to level things up to. Uh, met with him yesterday. Kindred spirit. We were talking the same language, bouncing ideas off each other. You know, beating each other to the end of sentences, sort of thing, in terms of where this is going to go. Um, that is a
1: unique challenge with you.
0: <laughs> well, you put two Australians who can talk ten to the dozen together, and you're bound to finish each other's sentences. So ten to the
1: dozen. Up. That's not a saying yeah. I've ever heard before. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> know what that means
0: fast <laughs> it just means fast ah okay <laughs> talking, okay ten talking to ten to the dozen yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah. uh for everyone else's yeah anyway um and you know so all of those opportunities so moving to melbourne uh, it meant exposure to bigger challenges as well as bigger yeah. opportunities so you know it's very i think it's very easy for people to fall into habits with their businesses and say okay i'm doing this thing and it's going really well i'll just keep doing this thing forever and then before you know it you're either bored or burnt out or both
1: or the market shifts on you i mean that's that's something that 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 people don't even anticipate it's like oh this is working and then three years later they go why isn't it working anymore
0: Mm -hmm. exactly right so Mm -hmm. you know i mean with what i do um and the reason why i'm speaking with the videographer about leveling up my, my video content is because I'm not going to sit back and rely on Facebook and live streams forever
1: mm-hmm.
0: to promote the work that I do. Right now, I use Facebook as my second office. You know, I run programs within closed groups mm-hmm. on Facebook and the content is delivered via live stream into the closed group on Facebook. If, if Facebook closed tomorrow, it went kaput. You know, I would, I would, you know, I'm already starting to think what that would look like, but, you know, it would, it would make a massive change, an overnight massive change to what I do and how I do it. I would mm-hmm. get around that. That's not a problem. That's why I'm meeting these videographers and, and doing all the different things that I do. But, um, yeah, it's not smart to rest on your laurels, especially in small to medium business, you know, because a small change can have a big consequence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's not so much wriggle room.
1: Mm -hmm. There, there isn't an, and yet, um, I, I've always been so catastrophe focused, waiting for the shoe to drop, waiting for things to go wrong, you know, like I just, I, I naturally was that way, but I've, I've actually learned that, um, in a small business, uh, you know, we, we only have whatever, 18 or 20 staff, so we're a small business, Mm -hmm. but, um, I was reading the other day that anything in the States, anything less than a thousand people is considered a small business. Which really? is bizarre to wow. me that you could have a thousand people and be not in, before you threshold to medium sized business. But um, I think it's
0: fifteen here.
1: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I <think> okay, so. <laughs> I, I would say that if you have like more than like maybe uh, eighteen,
0: staff, less than twenty, staff,
1: more than fifty or seventy staff or a hundred staff, mm-hmm. I would consider you kind of a more of a medium business. But um, yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it can go on. And that's the thing. It's like stuff can go wrong yeah. and staff could go wrong and you could lose your office yeah. and you could lose lots of yeah. stuff and you could go out of business and you could wait a year yeah. and then you can go like this yeah. and decide I'm coming back. And mm-hmm. suddenly it's back. And so as long as you're willing so, to get yeah. bumps and bruises along the way and, that's and not it. give up,
0: and that's it. That's you're it. good. And that- and that's, that's the mindset stuff. That's where, you know, you've got to be fleet footed. You've got to be able to jump like you're walking on hot coals. You know, you've got to be able to do that. Uh, if you're not interested in doing that, if you want to just sit comfortably in a chair and do the same thing every day and have it be the same forever, you might as well go and work in a safe job
1: Don't somewhere. Don't start a business. You know
0: <laughs> Exactly. But if you, if you're okay with change and you're okay with hopping from one foot to the next and dodging bullets and, all of those things, it's a bit like being a superhero, you know, in that sense, you know, there's a lot of action and it's it's fast-paced sometimes. Um, you know, with the contract I was talking about before, in the very, very early days of that contract, I had, um, uh, had hired a whole pre-existing team of people, I think we've talked about this before, and um, had them leave in very uh, short order to go and set themselves up in their own businesses. It was a very nasty period of time. Uh, and they left me with one staff member who was the only new recruit to the team. Um, And it wasn't, it was in Launceston, another part of Tasmania, not where I was living, Um, but we rebuilt Mm. because, you know, okay, it was really, I had to make a decision and I had to communicate uh, with people who, who had allocated this contract to me. I had to be a big girl, Mm -hmm. put my big girl pants on and go and have big girl conversations with people about, you know, very hefty contracts and how we were going to deliver on those contracts and how it was gonna work while I rebuilt the team. And we came up with a solution and we rebuilt the team and away we went. We, and then and then you get used to change, you get used to crazy things happening, you get used to um, staff changes, you get used to I was to there in, in changes, September.
1: You know? in, in, um, in August, one of our departments, which was only a department of mm. three, yeah. one person was underperforming, One person was a total train wreck (laughs) and another person was good, but being under-resourced. And there's only a department of three. And this is not a, this is not a department where like the great thing about running your own business is if you can do all the work, this is actually a department that I built up that I can't do or I don't do. I don't know how to do it. So I'd have to teach myself how to do it and I'm not good at it. So, um, so I, you're kind of like a victim uh, of like, you know, you can only do as well as your team does. And I was speaking with Evan a bit about this and we literally hit the point where we're like, okay, we have to have some honest conversations with our team members about really how this is going. But then I had like six clients that I'm I'm running through my head and going, maybe we should just go to them and tell them for the next three months we can't do these services for them because I just don't know how to lie my way through this. Like I don't know how to keep the charade going As, as these team members, you know, one left on their own and found another role. The other person had Mm -hmm. to leave Mm -hmm. someone who was underperforming or uh, under resourced had to start being resourced more, but there was like a 10 week window between the old team and the new team coming in. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I had to just call the clients and say like, like, um, you know, two of the, well, one of them we paused and they understood the other one. We said, listen, we're on top of your stuff but there's, you're going to start to see some cracks. I'm just telling you, you're going to see the cracks. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm on it. The team is on it, but, but we're down, we're down people. And so, so everything is going to happen. Don't worry. You know, we won't bill you for this month if you don't want us to like, whatever it is, but just give me eight weeks so I can get this rebuilt and we have a stronger team than ever and and they loved the honesty yeah. and they appreciated
0: yeah. and, 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 and they felt do. like they were
1: on my side they're like go mark yeah you know yeah I mean? yeah
0: right <laughs> exactly right and um i find that most people like whether it's um whether it's business associates whether it 's clients I mean we're dealing with clients with mental health concerns, and you know when we've had staffing issues that, where we've had no one to deliver the service for however long it was, you know, we spoke with the clients and we said we can make sure that you are receiving treatment. It might not be with us, but we will make sure that you're looked after. And we kept in communication with them and kept them updated with what was happening. Some of them were okay to have a break from therapy and just see where, where the cards landed. Uh, And of course, then we got in touch once we had more team got in touch with them again. And some of them said, you know what, I'm actually doing okay. Mm. And others said, yeah, look, actually good timing. I'm, I'm ready to come back in and get some more help. And I'm happy to start with somebody new. So, you know, I mean, it, it, I think communication at all levels of business is so, so important. And I think when, especially when things aren't going to plan, I often have um, business owner clients asking me, how much should I tell my team if something's not working or something's not going to plan? How much should I tell my team? And my first question. answer is usually, well, it's a great question, right? My yeah. first question is how much are you comfortable telling them? And my second question then is around what's your culture like? what's your team culture what's your communication already like because if you barely stand off and then you want to go and spill your guts all over the place that's going to have an impact that's going to create some instability perhaps Mm -hmm. Um, but if you've already got a really good communication culture in your team and you feel that it would be the obvious next thing to do to let them know how you're working through the dilemma not just we've got a dilemma everyone panic and pull their hair out but here's the situation and here's what i'm working on have you got any additional ideas that i can add to the mix mm-hmm. that's you know so it does depend on the culture as well but communication is so important, really yeah, important.
1: i'm not <laughs> i'm not i'm not great at that i'm learning i'm learning, oh, look, learning where I, we are. I,
0: I know and look i mean i talk about this a lot um within my own within the mental health practice my communication is with so, we have very much an organisational structure where anybody can contact me anytime. So, we use Voxer, I'm on Voxer. Um, any of the team members can Voxer me anytime if they need to speak to me specifically. But I've made it um, part of our cultural structure that there are people in place to answer day to day questions because, of course, I'm not there all the time. So, they're not reliant on me to be the source of answers. And they know who to go to. Mm-hmm. So very much generated a culture of communication, but it doesn't have to all sit on my shoulders because there's only one of me. And we've had times where I've had 20 staff and I couldn't possibly be at the end of the phone to 20 staff all day, every day. Mm-hmm. So um, that's so why when when I talk about a communication Louis. culture. You need a Louie. I've,
1: ah, I've got a Lindy.
0: You've got a Louie. I've got a Lindy and a Melissa, but, but Lindy's sort of the, the practice, Lindy's the practice manager. And so she coordinates, so I'm just letting Miles out um and so she manages the practice and um is very good at her job she's probably not going to listen to this but i'll talk her up anyway because she's awesome all of my admin team melissa lindy judy i love them all Um, but lindy's the one i speak to most every day yeah so that's that communication culture so it doesn't necessarily mean you have to do all the communicating but that culture and that organizational structure that supports a communication culture and then what happens if you've got a team member who doesn't participate in that it stands
1: out we're very we're very big on culture and i've always been very big on Mm -hmm. culture i'm just not great at establishing it and i've learned uh you know that um because i come across as so blunt i've spent so much time hedging (laughs) that's
0: why we get along so well
1: (laughs) well i've been told you know oh mark you're so direct and you're so blunt and you're to the point (laughs) and some people and, and You know, honestly, like I I used to hedge so much that I would dance around things and never really be honest with people because then if I remember I had one staff member who said, Mark, you always say what you think. And I thought, no, 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 no. If you thought thought I was blunt and direct, wait till you saw what I really thought up here.
0: Let me just open this up and have a look. Yeah, Yeah, exactly right. You're almost in tears and I'm
1: being really nice right now.
0: <laughs> I think it's a maturity thing, like a growing up thing. Um, that, you know, when we're young, I, I um I very deliberately and sometimes it means my kids are ruder than I was taught to be as a child, um, that I very deliberately encourage my children to speak their mind and not um, you know, express an opinion. Yeah, express an opinion. Um Because I, especially as a girl, you know, growing up in the 70s in Australia, it was very much around children, you know, it was very much be seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. And for women then going into business, it was also be seen and not heard, preferably don't even be seen. Um, And um, I think that as you get older and learn more about business ownership but learn more about just being a grown-up, you realise simple things like avoiding the phone bill doesn't work out so well ringing the phone company and saying i'm struggling to pay usually results in a better outcome just yes. those sorts of learning things as you get older and the same things apply in business um and I, then yeah i, I mean speaking language, in your mind people know where they stand
1: i learned that language from a coach this idea of being able to achieve a win-win so a very long time ago oh. i think i was maybe oh gosh i was hold on i had a mustang so my daughter my 13 year old oh. daughter was yeah six months old i got a speeding ticket at 10 in the morning when i was going you have kilometers per hour right not miles yep i was going 61 kilometers an hour in what i thought was a 60 zone but it turned out to be a 50 zone and the cop pulled me over and i didn't know what he was pulling me over for he said you're speeding i said i'm not speeding i'm going 61. anyway he gives me this ticket and so I was so like, just perturbed because I'm the kind of person who will just usually pay a ticket. But I went down to the yeah. courthouse and I remember, I remember thinking through the, what language I was going to use. And I sat down with the, um, the uh, it wasn't a magistrate. It was, I guess it would be the, 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 the lawyer for the crown. And I said, listen, honestly, I was in no hurry. I was going 61 in what I thought was a 60 zone. I very clearly was speeding, but I'm just looking for a win-win here. How do we make this win-win? And he was like, okay, I'll, uh, I'll take it down to this and then you won't lose any points. I went, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Anyway, mind, I'll take it down to this. And then that way you won't have to pay big. I'm like, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. And then that's what they did. They just made it. 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 made it as it. easy as possible because I wasn't yep. there to fight. I was just like, yeah. I was like, you know what? I know that it was my mistake, but it was such a silly mistake. I don't, I just, how do we make this work out for both of us? And mm. He, exactly. he, was, he was willing to go, but it was that little pause where he went, no, you know what, we'll actually go a step further that he didn't have to do. I had already agreed to yeah, it. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 I
1: was yeah. like, oh. and that's
0: it. You know, people, people, when you're not on the defensive, people, you're not triggering others to be on the mm-hmm. defensive. You know, it's a simple interpersonal skills there, you know, and you've got those. So, <laughs> you know, when, you, when you're willing to negotiate or willing to be um, conciliatory, in your communication style, then it's interesting to watch how people
1: well, come and meet you. If someone gets confrontational person after confrontational person who's making excuses, and I was like, I just want to take care of this in the next three or four minutes. How do we do this
0: quickly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a <laughs> six-month-old baby. Can get done and I think, you know, I think you know, you'd be, you'd apply that to a business setting. So I think often, you know, when staff, Are leaving a team, so Mm. you know I'm very used now to my practice door being a revolving door. Um, People come, people go. It's just the ebb and flow of business. No one's ever going to love your business as much as you do. All of that stuff, Um, and never, no one's ever going to stay forever. That's not the culture we live in anymore. People don't take a job and stay for 25 years. It's just not what happens. Um, So part of your maturation as a business owner is to get used to the idea of not taking it personally when people leave. But convincing people that you're not going to set them on fire when they decide that it's time for them to move on. Like convincing people that you can have a grown-up conversation yes. ahead of time so that some yes. planning can be put in mm-hmm. place. Um, that's been a long journey for me as a business owner to reach that point. And now I'm very fortunate because usually usually, my team will come and talk to me and say, I've got this idea that it's I've, I'm maybe I'm not suited to private sector work or maybe the client population isn't fulfilling or maybe this or maybe that or maybe I've been headhunted by some organisation and it's an offer that I just can't refuse because it speaks to all my interest areas. Whatever the reason, having that grown conversation means I am far more likely to do anything I can to support you. If you're not honest with me, if you tell me one thing and then go and do something else or, um, you know, or you're you're trying to, you know, Um, feather your own nest or any of those sort of underhanded things Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a bit cross like it's actually going to be offensive to me that the work I've put into creating that culture where you can come and tell me anything and I'll support you isn't trusted isn't believed and and then you know the is brought to the table yeah it's a really interesting communication style and you see it in different people in a business setting
1: I mean I've had all sorts you know people who we've had to let go who were very, um, uh, very upset. People who were mm. very accepting, people who saw it coming, people who didn't see it coming, um, people mm. who quit that I see coming, people that quit that I don't see coming. Uh, but uh, something that I've done recently, we've done a few times, I think, which has, has not, it's, it's made everything much more, like with this idea of candor and just being like honest with people Yep. You know, Louie, for example, in the spring sat down with one of our staff members who was underperforming, who said, listen, I get to have an honest conversation with you, you know, X, Y, Z, but the next time we're having this conversation, Mark is in the room too. And you know what that means. And then, so when kind of eight or 10 weeks went by and there weren't really any changes and I called the meeting and the person sat down and I said, you know why we're here. Right. And they said, yep. I go, okay. And it was just like a different type of conversation because groundwork had been laid and, you know, it's just, um, or vice versa when someone's quitting that I know really, you know, I had Mm -hmm. someone who I enjoyed working with Steve, my camera guy, you know, he left. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. It was his
1: last day, but a bunch of weeks, I kind of got the sense that he wasn't quite happy. And, and honestly, I was like kind of encouraging him to like, if you're not happy here, you got to go somewhere. Like you can't live, you can't live unhappily. Mm -hmm. Um, and then one morning he said, you know, he said, Hey Mark, can we meet, can we meet at 7.30? And I'm like, sure, I know what's happening. Of course we can meet. a little
0: nervous, but, but he, yeah.
1: found, he found another role doing something he did many years ago that he's really passionate about that he loves doing. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, if, yeah. if, if, if you could see the signals, if they could see the signals, if you lay the groundwork, if they lay the groundwork, if you're open and honest, then yeah. it's just one of those things you can, you can work through, right?
0: That's right. I think, I think a lot of, and, and, the, and the reality is too, an individual staff member, it's the first time they've been employed by you, theoretically, first time they've been employed by you, first time they've been unhappy in their role, first time they've had to come and talk to you about being unhappy in their role. As the business owner, you will have had, we will have had many, yeah, yeah. many people before that one individual you know, retreating into their room and closing the door at lunchtime, and not communicating with the team, and getting cross about you know unimportant things, and that we we will have we'll recognise a pattern of behaviour. And so when you can put that groundwork in, sometimes it's about you know making it really clear. Here's the behavioural expectation, or here's the performance expectation. And if you want to stay, you're welcome to stay, but this is what we expect. We love we love having you on the team, your clients, all those things. These are the things that we require um you know as louise done with your person mm-hmm. and then the person has a grown-up choice to make that they can either live up to that or they perhaps will realize that maybe their their heart's not in it and it's time to move on and that's okay and
1: it's, it's their choice it's their choice All you right. do is, is be there because again the business will carry on as long as long as the leadership doesn't give up The business could pretty much burn all the way to the ground. (laughs) Sorry, that's a bad analogy with the fire. Sorry. But but basically everything can come crashing down. And as long as you're willing to revive it in whatever form it is, in whatever name it is, in whatever version of it it is, we'll go on. And that was something that I now take comfort in. But I always thought I was walking on this very precarious, Mm -hmm. it could all Mm -hmm. crumble and that would be the end of it. And it's like, well, it'll just change. It'll change. And, and there are times I'm a sentimental person, especially around Christmas. There are times I think back to team members that I had and Christmas parties we had.
0: And Mm, we have, you know,
1: I've been doing this 14, 13, 14 years now. And so I've had so many generations and iterations Mm. of team. And there are people that I've asked to leave, you know, that I've, that I've pushed out of the company that I miss desperately. And, and so I'm, you know, especially around Christmas, yep. I start to feel really yeah, old yeah, yeah. and I start to go, Well, like, you
0: know, Facebook I mean, memories has a habit of throwing things in your face, especially especially on Christmas. Yeah. I only I went back onto Christmas Facebook time.
1: this week. I reloaded it wow. up on my phone after a year and a half of having it deleted. Wow.
0: You didn't miss it, did you? No. <laughs> no, it's interesting. You know, I, I um, obviously it's a different topic, but, um, yeah, if it wasn't, like I was saying before, if I didn't have so Facebook as a second office, I'm not sure that I'd miss it either. In fact, I have a a private, private profile that's just for family and friends and I don't even visit that anymore. I'm
1: yeah. not even
0: in that profile at all. I'm not missing it. I'm not in there. I'm not posting stuff in there. Um, and I, that's use, I use Facebook Messenger
1: and I have yeah. Instagram yeah. and we have YouTube yeah. and LinkedIn, but Facebook yeah. I just re-uploaded because... I'm part of a few groups and I used to just log in on my computer, yeah. but now I'm yeah. like, you know what? I'm not depressed anymore. I'm not following news anymore. I can I no. can I can handle yeah. coming back into Facebook, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well that's it. It's, it's like anything, you know, any of these things, you've got to make it work for you. So I very much use it as my communication, my expressive communication tool. Mm-hmm. Um If I'm really bored and got nothing else to do and nothing else to put in front of my eyes and I need something in front of my eyes, (laughs) then I might scroll. But I very rarely am in there scrolling around. Mm -hmm. Um, I look at my notifications. That's Mm -hmm. pretty much it. Yeah. All right. So we have made some, I'm just mindful you need to travel somewhere else it might be too bad i don't know (laughs) end of the day for you um we've gone from coronavirus right through solving all of the problems of communication and business right through to facebook i think the thread running through so we won i think we won because i think the thread running through
1: bravo bravo to us
0: (laughs) we're awesome the thread running through is having a good honest look at your business and if it's coronavirus that inspires you to do that if it's an economic thing that inspires you to do that if it's a staffing crisis if it's whatever it is whatever it is have a good look be really honest have a warts and all conversation with yourself or with your business coach or your other advisory kind of person or us (laughs) just talk to us we'll you know probably not answer you because i won't actually super. be in the room but you can you know
1: <laughs> you can dm me i will answer your question
0: oh yeah i will answer you if you dm me but yeah if you're just talking to me in the room and i'm not actually there yeah i'm <laughs> not going to answer you but yes so that's if you the thread, if you I shout
1: think. dr tess she will hear you
0: <laughs> <I> actually won't <laughs> but i will respond to messages of course i will um Thank you very much. I I know we've run out of time. I did have a little bit of a surprise, but I I don't know if I've got, have you got five minutes? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, because I wanted to follow up on our conversations about bushfires Mm. and how I had been, um, have been following uh, my Malakuta Eski. I haven't had a chance to talk to Vanessa who runs my Malakuta Eski because she had a sick child. And I think we've both had diary clashes and she's in the middle. I understand of, getting her house rebuilt so she's busy but what i did do is i bought a couple of malakuta eskies which have arrived so for those who don't know what an esky is it is an ice box that you take to a picnic or a barbecue we call them um, coolers. So,
1: it's a cooler yeah
0: yeah that's really boring we call them Eskies. um esky is actually a brand name to do with eskimos so it Ooh. keeps you we don't have Eskimos sounds, in australia but we do have an esky technique. it sounds terrible but it's an australian brand name and it has stuck so there you go um and i I didn't create it so there you go don't blame me but i agree it does sound very racist now that i'm saying it out loud
1: now that you're describing you're like it's an eski named after an eskimo
0: (laughs) and it has it has the most stereotyped image of of um
1: it sounds like the problem park, that the um, American baseball or, or, or football teams run into when they pick yeah, aboriginal yeah. communities and then name teams yeah. after them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, so, um, here, oh, look. And I've got a card with my name on it. Mm. which is nice. I'll read that in private. So in my Malakuta Eski, so you can search online, my Malakuta Eski. I'll have to tell Vanessa that I'm doing this big unboxing as it were. And I've bought some things. So what you go, you go and you have a look and you click on the Eski section where it opens up to all sorts of things that you can buy. And so what Vanessa has done is she's spoken with um, the local businesses, small businesses. So it might be a little greengrocer who also sells, local i don't know macadamias or something like that i don't know uh and a little news agent and so the, for example there's like a party pack that you can buy of you know wrapping papers and confetti and party poppers and all sorts of things from the Malacuta news agent so it doesn't necessarily have to be malacuta touristy kind of things it can be anything to support businesses from malacuta so i've got some chili fire salt
1: Ooh, that sounds good
0: One, i know right uh, from Screaming Seeds, and I've got a very cool T-shirt which says Malakuta Board Riders, which is quite funny. I will wear this with pride because I was a junior lifesaver when I lived in Queensland as a teenager, which meant that I was training to be an adult lifesaver, you know, got the whole... Um, life code? That thing, uh, in the ocean. Mm. Cannot ride a surfboard to save my own life. So there's that um, I've got ice cream earrings which I won't wear but I will give to somebody who might wear them one day so these are just little these are little packs you know there's a jumper here gosh what's this there you go a malacuda hoodie I like it. Malakuta on it yeah and there's a purple one which these are for my kids so they don't you know freeze as we head into winter I like it malakuta um there's a calendar and there's a sticker <laughs> a
1: Calendar. <laughs> one time, one time my son wanted to stop at the mall and said can, what are those and can, can we have one and i just was like i wasn't thinking i was like no you don't need one that's what telephones are for and and uh yeah so my wife used to pick out her calendar every year, so that way you could sit yeah. there and flip and all that stuff. That hasn't happened in fifteen years. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. So here's here's the thing: moving from our own house in Hobart, which was under renovation, so no, there were no rules, right? Anything goes in our house in Hobart, which we still have. So I would buy a calendar. Think I think I'll put it on that wall. And you pin it to the wall. Bang. <laughs> Here in this lovely apartment where everything is new, we're not allowed to put anything on any walls ever, anywhere, ever. Don't do it. They'll kill you. You'll die. But, you'll be dead.
1: The walls are white. No. Right? Yeah. So it'll be very easy for you to just plaster up the hole and then paint that patch white. Probably. Yeah, We've got,
0: I've got a beautiful art collection in Hobart that I would love to have on the walls here, but I'm not. Anyway, yeah, I... back to Malacuta Eski. Oh, okay. Not... I was going
1: to say, what about tacky tape? What about two-sided tape? <laughs>
0: Can you tell what these might be? This is nah, a sugar like cookies. Is... Yes, mm. they are. And if I can just very quickly open the box, this is very interesting for our audio audience. So, because um, our audio audience on the podcast can't see what we're doing, but what I <gasps> and I don't have to share. I don't have to tell anybody else what I've got. Heart shaped sugar cookies. So, and these these are pale blue. that say And they've got that's stamped on them. And then, oh my gosh, I may have gone overboard. I've got like 16 of these babies.
1: Your, your boys will eat them very quickly, don't worry.
0: I don't know if I'll tell them that I have them. Okay. But <laughs> we will see. So there you go, following through with supporting our Malacuta community. Um, it's a long weekend here in Australia. Unfortunately, won't be traveling to Malacuta as much as I would love to. It's six hour, six and a half hour drive and we have family coming to visit us this weekend. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's not gonna happen.
1: Well, enjoy. But I think we won. We totally won. Thank you very much. Enjoy. enjoy.
0: You have... sleep well tonight.
1: Thank you. I, I will. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting very tired. Thank you very for... much. Can you see my eyes becoming more and more red? As it goes <laughs> yeah. on?
0: I shouldn't have done the unboxing. I think that was what just lulled you oh. into the sleep
1: mode. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Thank you, Jess. You have an awesome week.
0: <laughs> you too. I'll talk to okay. you soon. Bye-bye. In a fortnight. See ya. In a fortnight. <laughs> In a fortnight. Bye.